0: Oh come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, let's raise our voices in praise.
1: tonight we're so glad that you've joined us and if you're a guest with us tonight a special welcome to you we're really happy that you decided to come and spend some time on christmas eve with us tonight we're going to hear parts of an old story perhaps a familiar story but it's meaningful and it's a story of great love there's a lot of things that stand out for me in the christmas story things that i like to think about but two things are often the two things that stand out the most for me first of all when the angel visited joseph he told him that the baby would be called emmanuel and emmanuel means god with us and that's really significant it was then and it continues to be today secondly again angels told the shepherds that the birth of jesus was good news of great joy for all people and those two things are still true God continues to be with us, and Jesus and his message continues to be good news of great joy for all people, for all time. So this evening, we hope that you will relax, enjoy the service, and let your heart soak in what God might be wanting to encourage you with tonight. Let's start with a word of prayer. God, tonight we gather to celebrate the greatest gift, Jesus who came to earth to demonstrate your great love for us. And so this evening, as we reflect on the meaning of this story, God, we are grateful that the story is still just as meaningful for all people today, that it is still good news of great joy for all people. Amen. I'm going to invite the pre-K choir to come and sing for us.
2: We'll be right of
3: Will pass through the land dejected and hungry, and when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will curse their leaders and God. They will turn toward the skies and look to the earth, but they will see only distress and darkness, random movement, and the anguish and doom of banishment. But there will be no more gloom for those who are in anguish. These words of the prophet Isaiah have been already filled. The people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The Lord has given us a sign. A young woman, pregnant, will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us.
4: Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness will cover the people. But the Lord will arise upon you, and God's glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to the light, and rulers to the brightness of the dawn. God will appoint peace as your overseer, and righteousness as your taskmaster. Violence shall no longer be in your land, nor devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation, and your gates praise. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor shall the moon give light to you by night. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, and your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended.
3: We light these candles of hope, peace, joy, joy, and love this Christmas Eve as a reminder that God's promise has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Christ is our hope and our salvation. He calls us to share this hope with each other. True peace is only possible through Him, true joy only found in Him, and true love shown to us by Him. We light the fifth candle, the candle of Christ, as a reminder that the light of the world was born this night.
4: In Nazareth, a city in Galilee, God sent the angel Gabriel to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a righteous man and a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Then the angel left her.
3: Eventually, Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and Joseph found out. Remember, Joseph was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided he would call off their engagement quietly and not announce why. One night as he contemplated calling off their engagement, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, son of God, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded, and took Mary as his wife.
0: If you're able would you please stand as we sing together angels from the realms of glory
5: <clears throat> Angels from the realms of glory be your light oh. creation for it's not Na and Fixed in us your humble home, very in
6: and 1 Corinthians 2, verses 7 to 9. These can be found on pages 547 and 871 in your pew Bibles. Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, page 547. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7-9, to nine, page 871. The wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though He made it for our ultimate glory, before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the Scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. The Word of the Lord.
7: evening. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's great to be here together with you this evening. I'm sure there's been a great deal of preparation that has gone into this for each of you, and there has for us as a church to get ready for this service. We've already seen much of that already, a lot of it with kids, and you see a moment, but as a dad and someone behind the scenes, there's a lot that leads into that, a lot of preparation that goes on. And it's just been great to get together this evening and see the results of this preparation that has been happening. And so I wanted to ask you this question. Have you prepared well? Are you preparing well? This is the question that set in for the prophet Isaiah some 800 years before the first Christmas, when he heard a voice calling, Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. This theme has shaped the past season for our church as we've been in a series that we've called Prepare Him Room. Each week we've considered these kind of common Christmas season preparations. Things like preparing our homes. How many people here have done some work to prepare their homes over the past month? Yeah, a lot of moms sticking up their hands. We should be seeing more hands. Preparing our calendars. Many people feeling that, right? And Feeling like we may have not just prepared him room, but prepared our own doom as we look at these full, exhausting schedules. Preparing gifts. Many of you have unwrapped gifts already that might be taking place this evening or tomorrow morning. We all have our own traditions around this. And of course, preparing meals. We're ready to enjoy some of those in, in the coming days, I'm sure. But there's been all of this preparation happening. And I'm sure it's been happening in each one of our lives. It seems that everywhere we turn in this season, it's full of all of this kind of restless readying. And it's not all bad. It's important. This preparation has a way of getting our lives on board for what is coming up ahead. It kind of creates this this on-ramp to get us ready. Or as Isaiah says, it's like straightening out the curves. And smoothing out the rough places to get us ready for what's coming. So, preparation is a very important thing, but there's also somewhat of a danger, a hidden danger within preparation. And I think it's this it's that we can trick ourselves into thinking of our lives like math. We end up thinking of our lives like math, that we can just keep putting one piece in front of another in front of another. And in our own power, we will add our way up to the outcome that we desire. Especially in our affluent society, we are subtly taken in by this kind of myth of being the masters of our own fate, of being able to control that outcome that we desire. We think it's in our hands, it's in our power, our control, our ability, and we will make it happen. But the message of Christmas challenges this. It challenges our thinking. Because Christmas is different. Christmas is a miracle. Christmas is impossible. Christmas is a mystery. The story of Christmas, and even our experience of it each year, it brings us to the point where we are challenged to go beyond ourselves. To go beyond our own effective ability. And to enter into this element of mystery. Christmas is about mystery. This is the message that Paul proclaimed to the Corinthian church. In this passage we just heard, he said, The wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. This was Paul's message about the mystery of God. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, that all of life is a gift. Have you thought of that before? As we're unwrapping gifts today and tomorrow, to reflect on this, that all of life is a gift. But we are shown this most clearly at Christmas time, as God the Giver is revealed. The season of Christmas could well be described as the season of the Father's gift. We see here that Christmas is something that God does. It's not something that we do. We don't add our way up to make Christmas happen. We don't add our way up to make God happen. But it's within God's own plan, His own desire, His own generosity, that He gives the gift of Jesus His Son at Christmas. Whatever ideas you have about your ability to affect God, to control Him or make Him do something in your own life or in the world, I just want to tell you that's not how it works. Because mostly that's not who God is. God is not under our direction. We don't manipulate God. We discover God is filled with generosity. God is the giver. And he initiates at Christmas time. And the gift that God gave at Christmas was not this last minute kind of gift idea. Anyone want to confess to their family members that they they succumbed to a last minute gift idea? Maybe some husbands out there. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe you haven't prepared as well as I hoped to. The last minute you head out and make it happen. But this is not the kind of gift that God gave at Christmas. This was not spontaneous or rushed in any sense. Paul says this was God's plan that was previously hidden, even though He made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. This gift was under wraps before the world began. Long before any angel announcements. Long before any twinkle in Joseph's eyes long before Isaiah heard the call, long before creation, sin, and fall, and then all throughout history, it was there, beginning to unfold, yet still hidden. In some moments, it was like God's people were these children getting up close to the gift, and they would get their hands on it, and they would shake it, and they would begin to wonder and imagine what is hidden under this thing. They were so curious and filled with wonder and awe. But still, they could not even have guessed the fullness of that which was within. And so Paul continues to write here. He says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God had prepared for those who love Him. It goes beyond what we know. But at Christmas, at Christmas, this gift concealed throughout time was opened up. And recipients were able to come and look and see, to listen and to hear, to imagine and to actually understand what it was that God was truly doing and what it was that God was truly like. They got to experience it firsthand. Hebrews chapter 1 begins with this idea. The author says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. This is the glory and the wonder revealed. All of God's character, all of God's mysterious plan, now made available to us in Jesus Christ the Son. The gift opened up for us to see. But it also depends how you look. It depends how you look if you want to understand and enter into this mystery. Depends how you look. It Depends how you listen. It depends how you imagine beyond what is known. Paul continues on in this passage. He says, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. As the mystery of God entered the world, immediately it came in opposition to the powers of this world and their attempts to control. Again, that same old problem, how we want to control our destiny. This thought of releasing control was enough to send the local tyrant king on a crazy rampage. We can see how threatened he is by this. And this kind of response would continue throughout Jesus' life as the mystery of God lived in and through His ministry. He was constantly countered by competitors' claims on the crown, even to the point that they crucified Him in order to try to maintain their control. But still... Even then, all the world's coercive power still could not pin down and extinguish the mystery of God. Still, the powers of this world continued in their self-confident, taking-care-of-business kind of way, thinking, all we have left to do is prepare him tomb. That's the last on our list of to-do. Yet even here... As the lifeless body of God was laid in the grave, the unwavering voice that Isaiah had heard continued on. No eye had seen, no ear had heard, and no mind could have imagined what God had prepared for those who love Him. So this is the mysterious plan of God. That is played out through Jesus the Son. It's a repeated story of our attempts to make our future about our own control and God's plan being better, God's plan winning out, God being the gracious giver and inviting us to know Him through His Son and to embrace His generosity through His Son. But it involves letting go, letting go of our own control of our own understanding, and moving into a way of faith. And so this Christmas, I want to invite you into that. I want to invite you to embrace the mystery, just to let go. You've made it this far in all of your preparations. You know, we're all good at this, at crossing these things off of our to-do list. But over all of these things, we don't add our way up to making God happen. We don't make God happen in our lives and yet still, He's there. His presence is there in our lives and it's ready to embrace us. It's ready to meet us. But it involves actually stopping, slowing down, releasing control and letting go. And paying attention rather to what God is doing. To how He has been at work. Listening. Listening looking, learning about this. We can't fully conceive this mystery of God, and yet still we receive it. Still it's there, this gift that He gives to us. And this week, there's going to be time that He's going to give to each one of you, I believe, where He wants to meet with you and reveal this mystery in your own life, in your own story as an individual, in your story as a family. His presence playing out even in our world today. There's opportunity for us to know this mystery. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 3 about this this mystery of God that goes beyond our understanding, yet somehow we come to know. Somehow we come to experience in our lives. He says, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. It's a different way of knowing. This is the spacious love of God that opens up in our lives that we come to know through Jesus this eternal plan of God far beyond our control far beyond our understanding yet it's this gift that each of us can know the love of God so this is our prayer for you in this season is to receive this to know this to live in this take the time create the space to be embraced by God, to receive Him and embrace His love. Amen.
4: In those days, Caesar Augustus, emperor of the Roman Empire, declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax lists by taking a census. So everyone went to their own home cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He took Mary, his betrothed, with him to be enrolled while she was still pregnant. While they were staying in Bethlehem, the time for Mary to give her baby came. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son. She wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the guest room where they stayed.
3: Nearby in the field, shepherds were guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. Look, I bring you good news, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in Bethlehem. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, Glory to God in the heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Then the angels returned to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly into town and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what the angel told them. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told.
1: We are nearing the end of our service, but we have two more songs for you. We have The next one is a special number, a special version of Silent Night and then we will end with the congregational number where we will all sing together. Now, if you received a candle like this on your way in, it is during this next special number that we'll be lighting these candles. And so when we start to sing, the ushers will come forward and light the first candle in in a row, and you'll light your neighbor's candle and so on, and we'll fill this space with the beautiful light of our candles. Now, we've got a couple hundred people, a whole lot of kids, and candles in our hands. We don't want any incidents. So we want to be really careful with these candles. We know that kids love candles. Adults love candles. If there's children around you, please be careful. At the end of the special number, at the end of Silent Night, we will invite you to, well, we won't formally invite you, but we invite you to blow out your candle we want you to do that carefully too so that no wax goes flying anywhere on your clothes or so that that we just want to be really careful. Before we get to the song, I'd like to share a Christmas prayer with you. Let's pray. Holy God of love, there is light in our lives because of the abundance of your steadfast love, a love so vast so deep, so real that you became one of us. May we live within the power of this love and may we share its light with a world where too many dwell in darkness. Amen.
0: and for joy to the world. You can extinguish your candles, please.
5: Let every every heart prepare And heaven and nature sing. And, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Joy let to the the earth, earth, the Let all songs employed, while fields fear and clouds, while fields and plains, plain. repeat the sounding, repeat the joy. Joy. Repeat the sounding repeat joy. joy, repeat the sounding joy, joy. repeat the sounding joy. Repeat repeat. It
0: with joy, hope, peace, and love. Merry Christmas.